Good morning and welcome to the program. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus. It's good to have you all with us. My name is Jacobus Holloway and I'm the host. The program is all about health, healing and healthy lifestyles. We do it by talking to the experts, give them a chance to chat about something they're passionate about or about a topic of their choice, their own profession. And then you as listeners are going to be educated, getting a wonderful education in three hours, and you hopefully will get a little piece of the puzzle in your quest for better health. As always, folks, as we are talking about health, if you hear anything that tickles your interest, do not see it as a cure or a final answer. Uh, We are here not to diagnose, but we're here to educate, inform, and entertain. And we always suggest that you get the opinion of an to get a second opinion or do your own research go talk to a physician of your own choice uh, read more on the internet find books magazines articles and just become more of a student on uh, based on your own issues that you're dealing with so we appreciate you joining in now it's nice to have you with us um, today my guest is dr herb joiner bay he is a naturopathic physician naturopathic doctor. He is one of the leading voices for holistic living and natural wellness today. As a seasoned educator, author, (coughs) seminar leader, and public speaker, Dr. Bay inspires his audiences and readers to understand and apply in their daily lives the principles of evidence-based natural medicine for enhanced vitality and longevity. He blends the time-honored healing traditions of diverse cultures with the latest insights of modern scientific inquiry in order to fashion tools that can be easily used to restore and maintain the dynamic sense of well-being people are seeking. Dr. Bay serves as an adjunct professor in naturopathic medicine, as a medical consultant for manufacturers in the nutraceutical industry, and also as a medical editor for several journals in this field. He has conducted countless acclaimed seminars and presentations for health professionals and the public across the United States and the United Kingdom. He is a regular guest speaker on radio programs nationwide. Dr. Bay brings more than 30 years of formal education, personal study, and clinical experience to this rapidly growing sector of healthcare. Dr. Bay received a BA degree in physics from Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore and a naturopathic degree, Doctor of Naturopathic Medicine from Bastia University in Seattle, Washington. You can email Dr. Herb Joyner Bay by going to his, uh, by emailing, by calling, by, by calling, by writing Dr. Herb at herbprof.com. Dr. Bay, it is great to have you with us. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, Jacobus. How are you? Doing very well, thank you. I, it was so nice to be able to talk to you a little bit before the program uh, on Friday, and we also actually communicated on uh, in January, and uh, I thought this is going to be uh, just a delightful show to listen to what you have to say, not only about your great book, which is called The Nature's Richest Source of Omega-3, The Healing Power of Flax. That's the main title, The Healing Power of Flax. It is a definitive guide, but you have a wealth of information in the naturopathic field and in medicine and health in general. You are truly a passionate person, and I appreciate your sharing your time with us this morning. You're very kind, Jacobus. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Now, uh, Dr. Bay, I I was going to ask you, what what prompted you to write a book on flax oil? Well, um, 
it's interesting. I'm a medical consultant to the Barleen's company, and they asked me to do it. And I thought I knew something about flax because I've been studying nutrition for more than 30 years. Yes. But it wasn't until I got into the, the actual scientific literature that I really realized how much there is to know about flax. Flax is important because it's our major commercial source for two major things. One, the best vegetable source for the omega-3 fatty acids, alpha-linolenic acid, and also it's our best commercial source for lignans, which are fiber compounds that help protect us from uh, the adverse effects of estrogens that we make in our bodies and the estrogens that we're exposed to in the environment. Right. So since it's our best commercial source for both of these, it's really worthy of a book into itself. Yeah. There are indeed not as many books out uh, I, I saw about flaxseed uh, that I, uh, you know, I, you definitely have a have a great book, and there is not so many you. of them out there. You, you're absolutely uh, welcome. And it's nice that you actually put a bunch of recipes in there. I thought that was uh, that was pretty neat. So not only can people uh, enjoy flax uh, in its natural form, but also uh, you give them different recipes where people maybe hadn't thought about, and all of a sudden this is really going to help them. Well, the whole idea is that no, flax is not, is not just a it's not food supplement. It's actually a food. Um, it's been said that Julius Caesar recommended ground flax, say, to the ancient Roman legions. Wow. And that Charlemagne, the head of the Holy Roman Empire, recommended it to the people of that nation back mm-hmm. in the Middle Ages. So mm-hmm. the ancients knew something that we have forgotten over the last hundred years or so. And now it's time to go back to the ancient wisdom and really take full advantage of what was known. I, I saw that, uh, I mean, some people say, oh, hemp seeds are a very good source also of omegas, but when you look at the label, they really have a lot of omega-6s, which is one of those omegas we don't want to take too many of. Uh, you agree on that? It's just the reverse. Hemp is uh, 4 to 1 omega-6 to omega-3. Flax is 4 to 1 omega-3 to omega-6. So yeah. hemp is like the mirror image, or, or the, just the opposite of what uh, is containing flax seed. I mean, I wish we'd use hemp to make paper and clothing and that kind of thing, but yes. uh, in terms of being a, a source of omega-3 fatty acids, flax is far superior. Absolutely, and and uh, people, uh, you know, I know working in a natural food store, you see people come in and they hear about things and they say, oh, this is also a good oil, but uh, the omega-3s, omega-6s, they are obviously essential to our body. Uh, we don't make them ourselves, so we need to get it from an outside source. But uh, you really have to be careful which natural source you're going to use because uh, the omega-6s is not really what we need at this point as an, an added, uh, added nutritional supplement, I would say, uh, unless you just take the GLA, the important parts of omega-6s. You're very right. It's the GLA is the only omega-6 that um, really is being medically recommended. And the reason is we have, we're just drowning in omega-6s now. Um, even the researchers that connect with Harvard University were recognizing the fact. Our ancient ancestors, our prehistoric ancestors back in the Stone Age, were probably getting omega-3 to omega-6 in ratios of 1 to 1. And now we're at omega-6 to omega-3 in, at the, up to what, 20 to 1, yes. 3 to 1. Some people say 4 to 1, depending on the eating habits of people. Yes. So we're just completely out of balance, omega-6 to omega-3, and that's why we're having so many health problems. Mm-hmm. Now, the, uh, t- since you mentioned the omegas, um, there are omega-3s, omega-6s, omega-7s, and omega-9s. Is that correct? Well, in terms of uh, basically how nature uh, does things, the, the major things we have in the diet are in terms of poly... We're talking about, we should tell people up front, we're talking about polyunsaturated fatty acids, which they've heard about over the last 30 years. Yes. Um, 
so among the polyunsaturated fatty, fatty acids, there are the ma- two major categories are omega-3 and omega-6. And now we're, we're also talking uh, in a great length about monounsaturated fatty acids, uh, the principal one being a oleic acid you find in olive oil. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the uh, polyunsaturated fatty acids are the ones that use to not only uh, as building blocks for the membranes around every cell, around every cell nucleus, and around every cell mitochondrion. Yeah. Do you listen to what mitochondria are? Yes, the, well, you can always explain it. It's the I'll explain it. Mitochondria yeah, are the energy-producing organelles. Yes. For example, you're there in Bozeman, Montana, and I, I know you have a power plant there that generates energy so you can have turn on light switches and that kind of thing. That's right. Well, every cell in the body has its own power-producing uh, plant, or a number of them in the cells. And their power-producing plants are the mitochondria. They actually generate the energy from the food that we eat. So each one of those structures, the cell itself, the nucleus, the mitochondria, all of those have fatty acid membranes around them. Now, to go to an even higher level, nature is very efficient. It has to make local hormones to control local functioning of tissues and cells. Mm-hmm. It simply uses the fatty acids, the polyunsaturated fatty acids found on the cell membrane to make the local hormones. If you have the wrong fatty acids there, too much of the wrong fatty acids there, you make the wrong local hormones, and mm-hmm. that gives rise to all the health problems that we're talking about. I see. So the the, the membrane around the uh, the actual mitochondria is well, made the membrane from around the cell is the one that's used to actually make the local hormones. Right. But each of those membranes, the one around the cell, the one around the nucleus, the one around the mitochondria, each one of those controls to a great extent the activities of what's going on inside of those membranes. I see. Because it, they have great influence. I'll give an example. We're going to talk later about diabetes. If you have the wrong fatty acids sitting on cell membranes, in particular the membranes of the muscle cells and the membranes of the fat cells in the body, then the insulin receptors, those receptors that would normally be ins- uh, 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 triggered by insulin, to respond in a way that will cause blood glucose to be removed from the bloodstream and brought into the cells, those cells will become desensitized. Yeah. We call that insulin resistance. That is, the tissue does not respond to insulin. That gives rise to syndrome X, or what we call metabolic syndrome, yeah. which is a precursor to diabetes. Mm-hmm. Wrong fatty acids on the cell membranes, you deplete or decrease the uh, sensitivity of uh, receptors, and therefore the cells don't respond the way they should. I see. I mean, there, there are a lot of cell biologists who feel that disease begins at the membrane level. If that is true, then we must be very, very careful what fatty acids we put on those membranes, because the membranes are made of fatty acids. Right, and and obviously we see a huge problem when we look in the early 80s when everybody was getting off fat, and we started seeing a high rise in diabetes and obesity because we were just not giving our body the nourishment that it naturally needs. Well, you know what happened? I mean, people came to the... Human beings, uh, it's interesting. Um, uh, we've made mistakes like this in history before. I mean, during the, the, um, the Black Plague, the bubonic Plague in Europe and so forth, people, a number of people thought that the dogs and cats were carrying the disease. No, it was the rats. And they ended up killing the dogs and cats, which yes. were the animals that would keep the rat population under control. We, yeah. we keep making these mistakes. Yeah. So everyone assumed that a major cause of fat on the body was a lot of fat in the diet. Well, 
that may or may not be true. The body wants certain kinds of fats, and other fats it can do, be do without. But the major problem with finding with diabetes and obesity is the refined sugar and refined flour. Mm-hmm. So when we jumped out of the frying pan of fat back in the 1980s, we jumped into the fire of sugar. And you looked at all these low-fat products, and, and all they were, were heavily laden with sugar to give them some kind of flavor that people would like. Yeah. Well, that increased the rate of diabetes and obesity. Yes. And that's why we, we're having so many problems now with these difficulties of obesity and diabetes. We are, in the United States, the fast people in the world. Yes. I mean, when you go to, I mean, I was in Europe three times last year. You don't see the kind of obesity in, in Europe that we see in this country. You're right. It just doesn't happen. It is growing, though, I have to admit. In Europe? Oh, absolutely. I mean, because when they're I, when following I talk the American to... pattern of eating, every exactly. time I go there and do a public presentation, or, well, on radio or in a public forum, I tell people, do not follow the American way of eating. Exactly. You must not do that. Yes. You're absolutely right. Folks, 587-0171 is a number, 587-0171. Dr. Herb Joyner Bay is with me today. We are discussing uh, a lot of different topics that have to do with our health. He wrote a great book. I highly recommend it. It's called The Healing Power of Flax. The Healing Power of Flax. It's a definitive guide how to protect your body against heart disease, arthritis, chronic pain, and inflammation with this remarkable food. Um, I have to say that at Montana Harvest Natural Foods, uh, we ran out of the books, but they have been ordered. And as soon as they come in, we'll make sure that this week we'll give them to you at 15% off. They're usually $15.95. We'll sell them for uh, $13.75 when they come in. So we hope you come pick up your copy with recipes, with great information. It's very well laid out, easy to understand. And uh, they're not very long chapters. They're just really nice and concise. And uh, you'll find things about uh, cancer, about cardiovascular disorders, about your cholesterol, your diabetes, and how flax and its great components can actually help you to get better. And maybe we should jump. We already mentioned omega-3, omega-6. I heard you say the word lignans. What does flaxseed contain that makes it so unusual? Well, the lignans are really um, interesting uh, compounds. Um, there are two major kinds of seeds that people are used to um, in, the, in the human diet. There are those seeds that are... Uh, for example, a seed has to have its own energy source inside of it so that when the seedling develops, when you can put it on the ground and so forth, it has an energy source until the root structure is formed. Right. Uh, the common seeds that people are used to eating, um, the most common ones are grains. I mean, we would not have civilization anywhere in the world if it weren't for grains. Huh. The, and the grains are simply the seeds made from plants in the grass family, like the you know, rice and wheat and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and those, the, those, those seeds are the ones that contain a lot of starch, and this is a major problem for us, because since we're eating so much of these uh, refined uh, grain products and so forth, all the fiber and the germs have been removed. So mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people are eating. The other kind of seeds are the seeds that contain oil. Mm-hmm. And of those seeds, uh, flaxseed oil is one that has the highest level of lignans. Most of the oil seed contain lignans. The other examples like pumpkin seed and so forth. Yeah. There may be some also in sunflower seeds. There's a lot of oil there. Uh-huh. But of the oil seeds, uh, uh, flax contains the highest level of lignans. Now, what's the big deal about lignans? Jeff Blaine is one of our most brilliant um, uh, nutritional biochemists. made a statement a long time ago, which I totally agree with, is that one of the major problems we have done in Western civilization is to put ourselves into a state of fiber deficiency. When we start taking fiber out of food, 
eating uh, refined foods, foods that have been devitalized in the nature, we, we end up cheating ourselves horribly. When we do that, we remove these wonderful compounds called lignans and many other fiber constituents. And what happens is, when we eat lignans, the colon bacteria will convert those lignans into what we call mammalian lignans. Now, why do you call them mammalian lignans? Because every herbivore on the planet, cattle, elephants, giraffes, wildebeests, all those are eating lots and lots of fiber material because they eat a lot of green vegetation. Huh. And they get a lot of these fiber uh, 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 lignans and so forth in their gastrointestinal tracts, and then they convert them into lignans. So these things are known throughout the animal kingdom, yeah. and they are very protective against estrogens. These are components of what we call phytoestrogens. Have your listeners heard about phytoestrogens before? The word has definitely come up, yes. Phyto, phyto simply means plant, P-H-Y-T-O, phytoestrogens, and that is compounds and plants that are whose structure is similar enough to the body's own estrogens to be protective. They have only 2% of the potency of your natural estrogens that are made in the body. And the beauty of that is the fact that if those, estrogen, those phytoestrogens um, occupy estrogen receptor sites in the body, they will block the natural estrogen that your body makes uh-huh. to the extent that the body is no longer as responsive to that, uh, that uh, endogenous estrogen. And therefore, the adverse effects of estrogens, which are well-known among women, yes. and men should know about them too, they are automatically reduced. Therefore, you're reducing risk for breast cancer, uterine cancer, and in men, prostate cancer and mm. prostate enlargement. Wow. Because we are all exposed to estrogens. Men don't realize they make estrogens too. And the more fat tissue you have on the body, the more estrogens you are making. And wow. those coming out of the fat tissue are not under the control of the endocrine system. They are independent of the endocrine system. So obesity gives rise to excess estrogens that increases risk for cancer associated with those estrogens. Wow. And that's why these lignans in flaxseed are so, so important in protecting us. So the plant estrogens actually help the body offset the effects of human estrogens. Correct. Kind That's of, why we're out. talking about things like uh, flax lignans, soy isoflavones, and other compounds that we call phytoestrogens. Now, when you compare head-to-head flaxseed lignans with soy isoflavones, you find the flaxseed lignans are superior. Why? Because they will actually induce the liver to metabolize estrogens in a way that decreases risk for breast cancer. Wow. There are two different pathways the liver can take to metabolize estrogens. I don't want to get too complicated with the biochemistry. No, but it's really interesting. The lignans will cause the liver to take the pathway that that decreases breast cancer risk. And that's why uh, the flaxseed lignans are superior to soy isoflavones. And how do you get flaxseed lignans? Uh, there are a couple of different ways. You can eat uh, ground flaxseed, as you find in barley and the flax, yeah. or you can use the uh, flaxseed lignin concentrate Brevail uh, that's available. And in one capsule a day, that will take your blood levels of phytoestrogens up to the level that will be protective. Hmm. There was actually a, uh, um, a lady that I talked to. Actually, I know we're coming really closely to a break, but I want to throw this at you. A lady came in and said she had been using... Uh, prevail, but she actually had more breast tenderness after she started using it, and when she stopped, it went away. And I'm just curious if you know what that could possibly be. Every woman has her own unique biochemical way of responding to things, and uh, in that situation, I would recommend she back off and uh, switch to the ground flaxseed as in Fortiflax. 
All right. See if that will give us some benefit. All because right. Because no matter what you come up with, no matter what product you make, there's someone who's not going to respond as well as you would like. All right. Well, that is a, that's a good closing on this part, Dr. Bay. We are going to be talking to you as we come back, folks. Please stay tuned because Dr. Herb Joyner Bay and his book, The Healing Power of Flax, and so and 30 years of of wisdom. We will be right back. We do have a caller on hold. Caller, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Your name, how can we help you? Well, this is Delicate Dan. Hey, Dan. Before I, before I launch into my question, I have a Montana story to tell. You know, there's Plaxville, Montana in this state. And I was talking to some guy about this. He said, oh, yeah, I grew up there. My brother still lives there. But that area now grows mostly canola. You call it Flaxville? Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. It's a village in Montana. Huh. Now, the, the, so the simple question is, what, what do you think about this canola oil that even the health food movement is using? And the reason I call myself Delicate Dan is now I'm trying to figure out why I'm getting these so-called cluster headaches, which are a certain kind of headache that's different than migraine headache. And I had been taking chances with this canola oil, but as an aggressive consumer, I'd like to ask what a naturopathic doc would recommend if somebody came in for cluster headaches. I went to a chiropractor and they thought I might have a pinched nerve, but he said his clients usually have liver toxicity and it's the way the body uh, is warning us about problems with the liver. In fact, I, I first noticed it when I took some health food stuff that had acesulfamic acid and potassium. Of, uh, acesulfate, dose. potassium. Well, uh, yeah, we talked about that at the store. And also, I took it, it had a lot of raw fructose. I'm kind of a refined sugar avoider, but I probably took more of that than I've taken in the last 20 years. So those are the two questions. Well, thank you. Dr. Bay, good morning. Well, I'll have to talk about uh, I tend to prefer um, olive oil. As, I mean, canola oil is another uh, omega-9 source. It's a monounsaturated fatty acid. I tend to prefer olive in cooking because I think we have a, a longer human experience with it. That's my first answer. Secondly, uh, when it comes to uh, headaches of that kind, I mean, I would first consult a neurologist to find out what is really going on there. Make sure you don't have a space-occupying lesion or something like that. And then it is, there is such thing known as brain allergy. That is uh, uh, compounds that are released from the gastrointestinal tract, what we call the leaky gut phenomenon, that irritate uh, the central nervous system, especially if the brain barrier doesn't keep those compounds out of reach or out of contact with the nerve cells. Uh, the liver can play a part in it. If you're using fructose as a sugar source, the liver actually has to make a conversion of that. It has to convert the fructose into glucose in order for the body to use it. So that puts additional stress on the liver. Huh. Uh, we always run the problems with trying to use uh, sweetening sources, and this is a major issue. Uh, even though fructose is the, probably the, the natural sugar that has, gives us the greatest sensation of sweetness when we taste it. That's why fruits that taste so sweet to us. If we're using it in uh, making confections and cooking and so forth, it does put additional stress on the liver. Whether or not that's the source of the cluster headaches, I can't say for sure. Mm. I mean, you have to go do a full workup on what's going on with the gentleman to find out what's, what's really happening here. I see. But there are these this phenomena, leaky gut phenomenon, liver stress, and other kinds of things can contribute to cluster headaches and sometimes even to migraine headaches. Right. Does that help you, Daniel? Yeah, yeah, I'll just, I don't want to get into pure self-medication, but I'm casting around to see what I can do. It's an odd situation. Basically, uh, sheer muscle, uh, I've done labor, but all of a sudden I've got this, this odd anomaly. 
Well, all right. Uh, Has neurologist ever examined you to figure out what's going on? No, no. Well, in Montana, we're one of the poorest states of the Union. I, I'd be very reluctant to pay a lot of money for these workups and things. Uh, well, I, you I, need to know what you're dealing with. I mean, I, you want to make sure you want to rule out anything that's really dangerous here. So, I mean, I would strongly urge you to have a neurologist work you up and to figure out what's really going on here. Neurologist. That's just my basic recommendation. You're saying neurologist? A neurologist. It's a medical... A medical doctor who specializes in the disorders of the nervous system, a neurologist. All right. Well... It is okay. something to think. You know, Daniel, it's interesting. I, I know you've been in the health field for a long time and uh, working with it, but I also see people who are sticking, for example, to specific diets. And uh, even because that is what our mind tells them. We want to be... A certain way we want to be a vegetarian or we want to be a macrobiotics we want to be eating only raw food we want to eat certain kind of fruits and vegetables and then obviously you find out after a while uh, after the enjoyment is gone that your body starts responding and says you know what some of these foods i really don't like even though in on paper they look great your body doesn't like them and it starts telling you that through certain symptoms and i i have talked to people who do fruit salads and vegetables and 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 a little bit of protein and they have issues too and when i say you know let's try to change this protein with this protein and this vegetable with this fruit or this fruit with that fruit all of a sudden within days symptoms are disappearing and i know that you are a student of of, of health and you're always concerned about it but maybe you are taking things that we your body really doesn't like that well yeah i went 20 years as vegetarian and i went 10 years without eating any dairy products but when I got up here in Montana and these mountains, and another thing we're supposed to eat, tend to eat what comes from our region. This is a big beef and wheat region. I got back into a beef, and I'm not unhappy with that, but I tried very hard to be a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. What's but your blood type? That's a good question, because I sold a lot, a lot of blood when I was a hippie, and they, <laughs> they had recorded it, but now I forgot. I think it's either an A or a B, but I'm not sure. Okay. Mm. But it is interesting what Dr. Bay says, Daniel, uh, when he talks about leaky gut, there is, a, there is a very good chance that you have consumed certain foods that might have caused you to get leaky gut over the years. Well, be more specific. What does that mean? Then? Well, like Dr. Bay asked you what your blood type is. If you take, yeah. for example, and I'm not saying that the blood type is 100% working for everybody, but I personally have seen great results in my own life and with people who I've recommended it to that a few changes can already, already make a big difference in the way that they feel. And what what happens is, is that you might say mentally, this is what I want to eat because I read this book, this is what I have to follow. But your body says, well, Daniel, that's really nice, but uh, I don't really respond well to this. And then yeah. all of a sudden you start getting a conflict and that can result in certain weaknesses, certain symptoms, uh, things that come out. So what Dr. Bay says, go to a neurologist and maybe have that part checked or reevaluate at least talk to somebody who might give you some great ideas about how maybe what you eat for breakfast lunch dinner snacks in between what you drink maybe the person can listen to you and say you know i would suggest that for breakfast you start trying this kind of grain and this kind of food and for lunch try that for a week and this for dinner and snacks and then let's see in a week if you can already tell the difference okay could you say more about this leaky gut syndrome would you like to explain it dr bay what happens is, and uh, we see a lot of this manifesting as a result of people not being breastfed when they were children. And um, 
because they weren't exposed to colostrum from mother's milk, they weren't uh, allowed to really establish high-quality uh, tissue integrity along the gastrointestinal tract, the mucous membrane. That allows the uh, big proteins to get into the bloodstream. And when those proteins enter the bloodstream, they will trigger the immune system to respond. If uh, in some people it manifests as uh, rheumat- or, well, something like rheumatoid arthritis, where you get the antigen antibody complexes depositing there. Sometimes it affects the kidneys. Other times, these big compounds end up uh, irritating the nervous system. That's why I was talking about the blood-brain barrier. Uh, uh, if that doesn't have high integrity, those compounds then cross over and irritate the nerves, and you end up with all kinds of difficulties, either. Uh, from the nerve irritation or irritating the, um, the uh, tissues in the blood vessels uh, there that can give rise to things like migraine headaches and so forth. Mm-hmm. So this leaky gut phenomenon is, is widely recognized in natural medicine but totally unrecognized in conventional medicine. Yeah. Rheumatologists don't understand and even gastroenterologists don't understand that there's a relationship between the gastrointestinal tract and just about every other tissue in the body because these kinds of compounds are allowed to cross over and start irritating tissues everywhere. And depending on your unique constitutional state and so forth, those tissues um, that you are predisposed to have those kinds of responses in are the ones going to cause you problems, and that's where the symptoms will manifest. Yeah. So you need a, a full worker by someone who's going to look at the nervous system, make sure you don't have major problems going on there that need to be dealt with immediately. Yeah. And then a nutritionist or a, a holistic uh, medical doctor. And you do have naturopathic doctors there in Montana. Yes, we that. do. Yes, we do. We're so one of the few means, states. Go to a naturopathic doctor and, and see what can be done to, uh, to determine what is really going on with you, why you have these headaches. You, know, right. you have you have Daniel. You've heard the shows on on blood work, uh, working. You know, having your blood tested. Uh, you know, you can you can we can think one thing, but our blood just doesn't lie. It tells us, you know, this is what's going on, and uh, it will tell you about deficiencies and abundances, and it tells you about certain weaknesses, genetic weaknesses. And I think that uh, you know, having some good blood work done by somebody who can test you for certain allergies or for leaky gut uh, might be very very helpful. Yeah, I'm taking into account that some of these programs, the other people are talking big bucks. But if I were to uh, change my diet, is there anything uh, that I would, off the top of your head, although you say it's more individually specific, is there anything that I should be looking into to increase the strength of my blood-brain barrier? Well, with blood-brain barrier, things that are helpful are things like the flavonoid compounds, what you find in grapeseed extract, um sometimes ginkgo biloba, but uh, I, I would recommend, I know for a fact, the grapes, the extract will work in that regard. Uh, the purple-blue flavonoids you find in blueberries, blackberries, dark cherries, and so forth. Mm-hmm. All those help to maintain the integrity of the connective tissue that keeps those big compounds from irritating nerves in the brain. So uh, those you can try. And if something else you should look at, too, I mean, there is such a thing, I think Jacobus hinted at it, the, what we call the elimination diet. Uh, people are commonly allergic to things, uh, the foods they eat a lot of. And if you eat a lot of wheat and beef, as, because, as you mentioned there in Montana, and dairy products, then try eliminating uh, each one of those individually for a week or so and see if that alleviates the problem to a certain extent. And then reintroduce it and see if the problem comes back. That will tell you whether or not those common foods that you consume are the, are the culprits in this situation. 
You know, I talked yesterday to a gentleman who has been suffering dramatically from 24-7 migraine headaches, Daniel. Yeah. And it's been uh, it's been a tremendous battle, and it really affects him how he moves and things and acts and, and how he works throughout the day. And uh, he has actually been going to a neurologist in this area, and um, they are trying, they're very open for him to, to try some natural alternatives because some of the prescription drugs that they have suggested didn't work. So there are people who are open to that, and in his case, they are working right now with him on a three-month trial, and he is pretty much done for one month right now, where they're giving him about 500 milligrams of magnesium a day and 500 milligrams of vitamin B2, which is riboflavin. Right, I was going to mention that. That's right. Uh, and they is here jumping on that, too. Is that right? And and so they are, so he says, I can already tell results, but it is a little bit too early to say this is going to be the ticket. So he is going to be on this for three months. So the B2, he's doing 500 milligrams, and he's doing 500 milligrams of magnesium. And magnesium... Daniel, we have mentioned it on this program. Magnesium is involved in more than 400 different enzyme functions in the body. 400 different kinds of enzymes all depend on magnesium before they even start working for you. And so if there is something in the metabolism or in the breakdown of nutrients in your system, then I would suggest that you try magnesium and see if you, when you increase that until bowel tolerance level, uh, if that is going to give you some better energy and maybe better in the breakdown of, uh, of some of the issues you're dealing with, um, that could be a very pretty easy solution. And, and B vitamins in general uh, might be very helpful for your brain. Yeah, because as I told you, I took the easy American solution, took some Tylenol for the first time in my life, and it just made it worse. And then I went to the clinic, and they gave me some super Tylenol, a mixture of Tylenol, and it really made it worse. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm open to this. Something, Dr. Joe Pizzorno, the founding president of Bassey University, said years ago, people don't come down with headaches because of aspirin deficiencies or Tylenol deficiencies. Right. You have to get the underlying difficulty here. So... Uh, funny that Jacoba should mention this. A friend of mine, uh, a chiropractor in North Carolina, just came back from a presentation at the University of North Carolina uh, by a neurologist on migraine headaches. And those two things, magnesium and, uh, and B2, vitamin B2, riboflavin, were uh, two of the major um, uh, issues he was mentioning. I know a neurologist here uh, in the Seattle area where I live, um, I, uh, I talked to his secretary, half of his migraine patients responded quite positively to that riboflavin uh, intervention, at least 400 milligrams a day. Yeah. So these things are working. Those for migraine headaches, you said they have cluster headaches. I don't know if they'll be as responsive, but it's worth a try. Worth but a again, try. Again, you need to be working with someone who can guide you through the process. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for everything. I better go off into uh, Montana. All right. Well, thanks, Daniel. Have a good All right. day. All right. Thank Bye-bye. You. We have Dr. Herb Joyner Bay with us, uh, who is a naturopathic doctor and who has been uh, in the health field and teaching, teaching at least for about 30 years, teaching, studying, uh, working with uh, natural health. Uh, his knowledge is phenomenal. He is often called the doctor's doctor. So he teaches other doctors. <laughs> well, that's true. And and uh, when, people, when, when people in the medical field are passionate and say, you know what, maybe what I know is not everything. 
everything there is to know and are willing to go to seminars where different physicians, both of Western medicine and natural medicine, are getting together to share information. I think that is going to benefit uh, humanity the most. And and Dr. Joyner Bay is definitely somebody who is uh, in those circles and, and works with those people. The book that we are quoting from and working with today is called The Healing Power of flax, which Dr. Herb Joyner Bay wrote. It is called Nature's Richest Source of Omega-3s, How to Protect Your Body Against Heart Disease, Arthritis, Chronic Pain, and Inflammation with this Remarkable Food. And uh, the book will be available again at Montana Harvest Natural Foods. We may get the book of the week uh, this next week as it comes back out because I ran out already. And... uh, We'll sell it for 15% off the regular suggested retail price, so we'll get it to you for $13.75. Uh, Dr. Bay, I know we're coming again closer to uh, the news, but uh, we do want to talk a little bit more about the cell membrane. So as we come back, I would suggest that we probably jump on that topic because there is so much to say about it. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, the uh, I thought it was an interesting call because headaches is uh, one of the main problems that so many people in this country are suffering from and obviously it could be related to diet very well and and i know daniel does not consume uh, aspartame or monosodium glutamate he stays away from it as much as possible but these are for example two food additives that can really cause headaches in general you can also get headaches from dehydration um uh, you can get headaches from the uh, we mentioned the the food allergens that are quite common and so forth and you know, when we start talking about magnesium, I mean, magnesium is one of the most common nutritional deficiencies in the United States. And the reason is we're not eating whole foods like good sources of it, yes. like whole nuts and seeds and green leafy vegetables. The center of every chlorophyll molecule is a magnesium ion. Yes. And since we don't eat green leafy vegetables, we're not getting much magnesium. So is a very, very common deficiency. Right. And uh, when women suffer from PMS, one of the first things to think about is magnesium and B6. Uh, when people are suffering with, um, it just came up, uh, 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 I was consulting with um, uh, one of my colleagues this past week. I mean, again, uh, kidney stones, one of the most uh, important, one well, the three most important things you can do, optimize hydration with pure water and then mm-hmm. add magnesium and B6. Yeah. And that will uh, help uh, prevent uh, the manifestation of kidney stones for a lot of people. It keeps coming up again and again and again. Yeah, and I think indeed that when you look at most doctors these days, of people as they come in and talk to us, um, they do mention a lack of calcium. They just do not mention that doctors say, listen, make sure you get enough magnesium because you need magnesium in order to, to absorb the calcium and you need vitamin D. And vitamin D is another one that is so important, especially in this northern region where we lack vitamin D during the long winters. Exactly right. Right. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus, and we will be right back. Now, uh, one of the things that we didn't continue talking about is indeed to under, the, the understanding of our cell membrane. Uh, we have gazillions of cells in our body, and we tend to forget that we look at the outer, we say, this is how we are, this is our skin, this is our, uh, we can feel our organs, we can feel our brain, we know we're working things, we can see our eyes, but we don't always realize that these all comprise of, of, of trillions of cells. And the, the, the health of these cells, these cells have a society going on within themselves and surrounding these cells, and we really should focus on cell health. That's absolutely true. I mean, 
all the organs we have in our body, all the tissues are made of cells, and when the cells function appropriately, the tissues and the organs function appropriately. If they're not functioning appropriately, the tissues and organs will suffer the consequences. Mm-hmm. So the whole big deal around essential fatty acids is what happens on those membranes, because what happens on the cell membranes determines how those cells function. Now, let's talk about that. Yeah. The cell membrane, I guess people can remember this from high school biology, the cell membrane is made of two layers of fatty acids, uh, mm-hmm. what we call the lipid bilayer concept of the cell membrane. And those fatty acids on those membranes are made of the fat you put in your mouth every day. Uh-huh. You put the wrong fats in your mouth, you get the wrong fats on those membranes. It's just as simple as that. Yes. So you know, we have absolute control of the situation, complete control over it. And that's why the dietary information you're giving is so important to people. Now, what happens when we get, we put a lot of omega-6 fatty acids in our diet? And we're talking about corn oil, safflower oil, sunflower oil, animals raised on grain. I assume most of the cattle up there in Montana are raised on grain. Is that right? Yes. Grain yes, and right. grass. So it's quite a bit of grass here, but grain is definitely part yeah, of it. Yeah, well, the corn that they're, they're, uh, they're feeding on is a, an omega-6 source that will increase omega-6 on the, the cell membranes of the cattle flesh as well as the fat uh, that people get in prime rib and that kind of thing. Yes. And then, um, uh, and, 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 well, hydrogenated vegetable oils, which are so harmful to us with trans fats. What people get when they're eating deep fat fried foods and they're, uh, you know, when they're using vegetable shortening and that kind of thing that's solid at room temperature. All these are sources of omega 6 fatty acids. Now, what happens when those omega 6s, or too much of them, get on the cell membrane? Uh-huh. Every cell will do its own thing with the fatty acids that we put in our bodies when we put on the membranes. Uh, let me give you an example. If you talk about common cells in connective tissue, which is the most common tissue in the body, or uh, cells in the smooth muscle that lines the arteries and so forth around the body, yeah. you will make local hormones that are pro-inflammatory. That is, you're priming those, those, that tissue to be inflamed. That's why we have so much inflammation running around. That's why people are popping um, uh, anti-inflammatory drugs all the time. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. controversy around Vioxx and Celebrex and so forth. People are suffering because they have the wrong fatty acids sitting there. Yeah. And they're making pro-inflammatory local hormones called prostaglandins. This is a problem. So the cure is not popping non anti-inflammatory drugs. The cure is putting the right fatty acids on the membranes. Yes. That's what nature wants us to do. So we need to cut back on all those sources I just mentioned and increase uh, the omega-3 sources as in flax oil and fish oil. So uh, when you get the, those wrong fats, they make it too much omega-6, inflammation goes up. Yes. And if you're talking about smooth muscle in the arterial tree, blood pressure goes up because those, that smooth muscle becomes constricted. Yes. So that contributes to high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And we keep using these, these um, diuretics and other drugs to bring down blood pressure. First, give the tissue what it wants. Yes. They will see if you need the drugs to, to back up the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that straightforward? I don't want to confuse people, but this is so powerful and so important. It affects every single cell in the body, what we put on those cell membranes. If we're talking about white blood cells, uh, the white blood cells are, of course, the cells of the immune system, and they will also make their local hormones out of these fatty acids on their membranes. Yeah. And those uh, local hormones will contribute to a number of situations depending on where the white blood cells are located. Most people aren't aware that 70% of the white blood cells in their bodies, when they're in a relatively healthy state, are sitting on the mucous membranes that line the respiratory system 
and the gastrointestinal tract. Wow. Why? Because that's where they're going to be exposed to the exterior of the body. Uh-huh. You, you breathe and you eat every day, right? Yes. So you're going to be exposed to bacteria coming from the outside, and you want to have those little sensories there to protect you from the bacteria. That's why the white blood cells are sitting there on those membranes. Right. Well, the problem is, if those white blood cells are making the wrong local hormones, you will prime those tissues in the mucous membrane to become inflamed. Inflammation associated with the respiratory mucous membrane, no, not associated with infectious disease, is contributes to asthma. And if you have an inflammatory condition in the gastrointestinal tract, a chronic one, we think about you know, inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. Yes. And we know from the scientific literature that pro-inflammatory local hormones made by white blood cells contribute mightily to both asthma and inflammatory bowel disease. Wow. Simply changing the fatty acids on the white blood cells will help reduce these problems. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's, so, it's so powerful, but so straightforward once you understand what's happening at the membrane. Hmm. And then when we go to the issue of blood clotting that contributes to heart attack and stroke, uh, other cardiovascular problems, uh, I assume your listeners know what platelets are, do they not? Yes. Platelets are the particles coming out of the bone marrow along with red blood cells and white blood cells mm-hmm. that are participating in the blood clotting process. Yes. If you have the wrong fatty acids, too much omega-6 is sitting on those platelet membranes, they will produce local hormones that will cause them to stick together, and that contributes to blood clotting and therefore increased risk for heart attack and stroke. Mm -hmm. If you have the right fatty acids sitting there on the platelet membranes, they will produce local hormones that cause them not to stick together, and therefore you reduce risk for heart attack and stroke. I see. Now, Dr. Bay, when we talk about uh, omega-6s, there is actually a couple of questions I have for you. First of all, my question should be, when you mention hormones, most people will think about things like DHEA, and they'll think about human growth hormone and insulin. Oh, I know. What are you talking about when you say they create hormones? I have hormones are compounds that control tissue functioning, and we have a number of different categories. We, what you're talking about are the endocrine hormones, hormones coming out of the thyroid gland, out of the thymus gland, out of the, um, the adrenals, out of the gonads, and so forth. That's yes. one category. Uh, you, know, you try to find language that people can relate to, because if I start using the big words like prostaglandins, leukotrienes, and thromboxanes, it throws people off. Yes. So we're talking about compounds that control functions locally. These compounds are so powerful, the body dare not dump them into the bloodstream the way it does the endocrine hormones you just mentioned. Interesting. They're much more powerful. Uh And they're made in such tiny quantities, it took a long time for scientists to isolate them and figure out how they work. Yes. It's only in the last 20 years we've figured out how these so-called icosanoids, that's a big category of name for these compounds, actually work. Uh-huh. But they make it in small quantities locally because they are so powerful in their influences. And uh, the fact that we're eating the wrong fatty acids causes us to make the wrong ones. And that's why we have a whole pharmaceutical industry trying to, to beat up on the enzymes that are making these. But the enzymes are innocent. Stop right. beating up on enzymes that are not doing anything wrong. Uh-huh. You're simply giving the enzymes the wrong things to work with. Totally. Give them the right fatty acids to work with. Give them the omega-3s you find in flaxseed oil and in fish oil, and then they will do what you want them to do. And that's absolutely an important point uh, I was going to bring up because omega-6s are what we call essential fatty acids, and some omega-6 is very good for the diet, but you want to make sure that as omega-6s come in the body, you need to convert them. The body needs to convert them into GLA or gamma-linoleic acid. 
And if it doesn't, you got to keep in mind, folks, that omega-6s take about four times longer to break down in the body than uh, omega-3s do. And flaxseed is a high source of omega-3. Uh, it's a, the ratio is about four to one, omega-3 to omega-6. So as you take more and more omega-6s in the diet, and do not just realize it is not just diet alone, uh, the nuts, the seeds, the, 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 the oils they add to potato chips and, and frozen dinners, uh, but also the omega-6s that are used in cosmetics. So you have lotions, you have creams, you have shampoos and conditioners that all have an emulsified form in order to be absorbed in the body and to be used on the body and to give it a shelf life. Those are all omega-6s. So not only do we take them internally, we also use them on our body externally. The abundance of omega-6s in our diet and our daily use is has become so abundant that the amount of omega-6s has fastly outgrown the intake of omega-3s. And where it should be a ratio of omega-6 to omega-3, maybe 1 to 1 or 2 to 1, for many Americans today, it is about 20 to 1 and up. And when that happens, your omega-6s, instead of breaking down into the, the, the positive GLAs, the gamma-linoleic acids, which is good for hair, skin, and nails, for your bone health, for hormone health, all of a sudden we are seeing that the GLAs are breaking down into arachidonic acid, which I'm sure Dr. Bay would like to talk about, arachidonic acid, which are the inflammatory acids. And now we see that the majority of diseases that we're suffering from today are actually things that finish with itis, arthritis, colitis, bursitis, dermatitis, hepatitis, sinusitis. Uh, we have so many of them, and, and diabetes is even one of them. So we are treating so many inflammatory disorders that all we need to check out and see uh, what we need to focus on is how can we outbalance the inflammatory process by, and one way is to start using more omega-3s as they come in flaxseed and fish oil. Caller, good morning. You're on the air with Dr. Herb Joyner Bay. What is your name and how can we help you, please? Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. I've been suffering uh, with uh, a lung disease for a while. Um, I, I would call it pneumonia. However, it's uh, I'm coughing up all this... Uh, yellow and green stuff mm -hmm. and i understand that that's uh white blood cells fighting an infection mm -hmm. yeah you uh, probably have a bacterial infection going on you need to be seen by a doctor right away i um uh, take in a lot of uh oils and fatty acids um it seems like it comes on with stress every time i'm extremely stressed yeah, the immune system can be somewhat squelched in its behavior and its functioning if your person's under stress. But if you have a situation going on right now, and I heard you coughing uh, as Jacobus was talking, so oh. forth, and if you have yellow-green phlegm coming up, you need to be checked out by someone who will give you some antimicrobial support to get you through this process. I've um, been taking antibiotics, and it doesn't seem to help. So are medical doctors treating you now? Yes. What can I say? I have no fast and easy answers. I mean, uh, in a situation like this, I would, I would tend to uh, recommend no basic immune support things. Um, in the respiratory system, what things do help, and I'm sure Jacobus has some of this in his, uh, in his store, uh, things like the, the, the berberine compounds you find in golden seal, barberry, and Oregon grape root uh -huh. can be very helpful in that regard. How about colloidal silver? 
I would not use. I mean, I'm not a thrill with. We won't get into that right now. All right. <laughs> All right. Interesting. But uh, in any case, I'm also a classical homeopath, and you will need to be seen by a classical homeopath who can sit down and individualize uh, therapy to turn your whole constitution around. Okay. Now, that can't be done over a radio show. Okay. It can't be done. That's right, because it takes a lot more of talking by a caller to explain really what is going on. And uh, lungs usually are dealing with emotions, and uh, so maybe are. something is coming grief. out. Grief, exactly. That's that's an important thing. And uh, the lungs are one of the outlets, caller. Um, if there was five outlets, your colon, your kidney, your skin, your lungs, and your sinuses. Those are things that have come out of the body. And if you're dealing with a lot of phlegm, then there is probably something going on, especially if you ha- can't really explain yet uh, what exactly happened, but you've been attacked by this, you've been getting these symptoms. If you go back two, three, four, five months in your life, uh, you might have gone through a stressful time uh, where maybe some things happened that you had to deal with, and uh, you, you probably did but your body said well now I'm gonna need to take a break here and so you start getting some symptoms one of the problems that I've been facing for years now is the fact that some of these stressors cannot be resolved well that's right you hold on to them thanks for the call all the best to you Uh, stay tuned please we are gonna be right back Yes, we are strangers, but we all have a common interest, and the common interest is better health. And uh, what better way to do that is than looking at yourself, making sure you're getting the correct diagnostics, uh, go to a physician of your choice, uh, get a second opinion if you like, and find out what might be bothering you. So uh, with Dr. Herb Joyner Bay with us, uh, we are we were talking about the, the importance of cell health and... Um, did we actually finish up that topic, Dr. Bay? I think we covered most of the issues. I wanted to get into some more specific uh, conditions. But awesome. Let's something, do it. Something that, you know, we had mentioned the fact that people are so fat-phobic nowadays because they think that um, all fats are the same in terms of how the body responds to them. They will end up with extra fat on the body. Yes. I want to address that issue. I had the privilege last year of meeting uh, a guy by the name of uh, Grant Roberts. He was Hillary Swank's personal trainer uh, in preparation for the movie Million Dollar Baby, that for which he won the Academy Award last yeah. year. Uh-huh. And uh, he had her on a 4,000-calorie-a-day diet. Hmm. Half of that was protein, and one quarter of that was fat in the form of flaxseed oil. Hmm. That's eight or nine tablespoons a day, 1,000 calories a day of flaxseed oil. Why did he do that? He had to get muscle on her. He had to get at least 10 pounds of extra muscle on her in nine weeks to meet Clint Eastwood's production schedule. Well, together, he and Hillary were able to put on 20 pounds of muscle. Wow. And the reason he chose uh, flax oil is that um, the omega-3 fatty acids are, as other fats are, are good energy sources. But the edge that you get from the omega-3 fatty acids, that they are the fats that will put the least amount of fat on your body, first of all. They will actually... Uh, help increase metabolic rate to help you burn other kinds of fats. Hmm. And because of their anti or, or non-inflammatory or protective phenomena, they will also allow someone like Hillary Swank to work out four or five hours a day and not get so much joint inflammation wow. and muscle pain. Uh-huh. That's why all athletes need to know about flaxseed oil. Hmm. Because you can do the, the all the exercises, get a good energy source, and not so have uh, so much um, 
uh, pain inflammation from the athletic activity, you can't go forward and function as you want to. Yeah. So every leading-edge athlete needs to know about flaxseed oil. It's a, one of the best things to use. So when, and, uh, when people and athletes come in and, and say, how can I build muscle, and you look for things such as creatine, for example, uh, you would say, you know, it's much healthier for the body to actually increase your flax oil. Well, use flax because they're going to be working out. They need a, a good energy source, and um, instead of using all those you no know, high sugar energy bars and that kind of thing, flax. So this is what this is what the man, but probably the best personal trainer around, hired uh-huh. by Clint Eastwood to do this. This is what he had her on. This is what worked. Yeah. Because with all those sugary things that put on so much fat on the body, you won't be able to see the muscle you're building. I see. So Grant Roberts wanted to put muscle on her that could be seen by the camera and by the audience. Yes. That's why. He wanted a, an energy source that wouldn't put extra fat in the body, and that's why he used flaxseed oil. All this talk about flaxseed oil, we haven't even mentioned what the recommended dosage is uh-huh. all the time we've been talking. Yes. The basic rule of thumb is one tablespoon per 100 pounds of body weight. Hmm, okay. One tablespoon of high-quality flaxseed oil, as in Barlene's flax oil, uh-huh. uh, per 100 pounds of body weight. And for the ground flaxseed, the lignans, um, the lignin sources, uh, Fortiflax, something like that, uh, one t- uh, I use. I recommend two tablespoons a day. I sometimes use three in my uh, oatmeal. Okay. But that will give you the kind of lignin protection that people are looking for. Okay. Help to to replace the the kind of fiber that we're losing from eating so many refined foods. So you would do both. You would bo- Absolutely do both. Absolutely both because tab- you will not get enough lignin in the high lignin flaxseed oil to be protective. Uh huh. I mean, this gets confusing because. Uh, we're talking about the same source material. We're talking about flaxseed, but you're using two different products for two different purposes. The oil gives you the omega-3 fatty acids. The ground flaxseed gives you the lignans. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really and that's really very good. And it is uh, the the Fortiflax indeed is a is really a great product. I mean, just the just the way it is ground up and and the taste is absolutely fantastic. And I can highly recommend people try that. Sprinkle it over your salad, put it in a shake, uh, put it over your uh, warm cereal. Uh, you don't want to cook any of the flaxseed because then you lose some of the important ingredients. But Taking it straight, it tastes kind of nutty. It is not an unpleasant taste at all. And uh, do you, by the way, uh, Dr. Bay, do you recommend the combination of fish oil and flax oil, or do you say one or the other? I think the combination can be appropriate. For example, women um, who are pregnant, if they want to give their, their babies an extra boost by giving them some preformed DHA to, to build the, the nervous system and the retina the eye, in addition to using flax oil uh, as, uh, as um, uh, a fat source. They can add some uh, fish oil. I'm glad you brought that up because it reminds me of something. Yeah. People don't realize if you are not reducing the omega-6s while you're adding omega-3s, you won't get the full benefit of the omega-3s. We're, we're playing a game of musical chairs here. There are only so many places where fat, uh, fatty acids can occupy uh, cell membrane positions. If there's too much omega-6 around, they will occupy all the positions. Their omega-3s are blocked out. Yes. This is particularly true in people using small amounts of fish oil. Like a, we, only use, we use much smaller amounts of fish oil than flax oil. With the high-quality fish oil product, you're only using a, a couple of capsules a day or maybe a teaspoon a day. Yeah. With flax oil, you're using at least one, maybe two tablespoons a day. Yeah. So you can get in there and occupy some of those, recept- some of those uh, cell membrane positions and block out the excess omega-6s. So you've got to get the omega-6s down. The omega- and the flax oil is an excellent way to do that, using it in cooking. That's why the recipes are in my book. Mm. But and, uh, back to the main question, yeah. yes, you can use, uh, also use um, uh, fish oil when a person has something like inflammatory bowel disease, if they have some difficulty making the conversion from 
alpha-linolenic acid in uh, flax oil into EPA and DHA that you find in fish oil. Mm-hmm. Then you can get some preformed fish oil. If, you, if you're dealing with a uh, chronic inflammatory state and want to get in there and move things as quickly as possible, then use uh, fish oil, but by all means use flax oil to replace omega-6s that would interfere. Uh, as I mentioned this, people should be aware that using essential fatty acids to deal with inflammatory conditions is not a quick fix solution. Okay. Because you have to, uh, there has to be a turnover. There has to be replacement of the fatty acids that are on cell membranes with new fatty acids. That takes time. Hmm. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not t- like taking an anti-inflammatory drug or even a natural substance like curcumin for inflammation. Yeah. You ha- it takes time. It was going to take three, four, five, six months to get the turnover such that you start making local hormones that are, are non-inflammatory. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. Everybody's Somebody looking for a fast solution. There are fatty acids and not a fast solution to chronic inflammation. And that is indeed the issue why some people say, you know, I'd rather take an anti-inflammatory because I want to have quick relief, quick relief. And the problem is we're actually creating more damage to our body because we think we can still do what we like to do, but we keep damaging it and we're going we're gonna to be dependent on more and more non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs on a daily basis. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I know personally Dr. Malaysia Anafeld, the woman who did pioneering research when it came to uh, uh, glucosamine sulfate. You yes. We build cartilage for osteoarthritis. We know for a fact that if you use an osteoarthritis anti-inflammatory drugs, the cells that live inside the cartilage, the chondrocytes, will be inhibited from making new cartilage tissue. So, yes, you'll get some temporary relief by using non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, but you will keep that, that cartilage tissue from regenerating itself. Yes. Glucosamine sulfate will overwhelm that to a certain extent, so you can rebuild it anyway, but you will slow down the process by using non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. So if you're going to use those drugs, minimize their use, of course, with, under the supervision of a, a physician who's going to work with you. But people need to realize that these drugs actually interfere with normal healthy functioning of tissue. Now, you have been, um, uh, you've been involved in this for, for quite a while. And uh, coming from Europe, I see indeed that in the United States, the emphasis on sports is, is very big. It's a, it's a huge issue. And I talk to people on a regular basis, as I'm sure you have done also, mm-hmm. who have inflammatory pain because of sports injuries, because of skiing, because of playing football in college and high school, because of playing basketball because of growing too fast and then using the body for sports. Um, many of these people, they, they, they jump right away on the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. But is there hope for people who say they've had a lot of cartilage damage uh, and inflammatory problems in their knees specifically and the lower back to use things like flaxseed and fish oil to actually help regenerate some of these uh, tissues that are damaged? To regenerate those tissues, you need glucosamine. I mean, that's the, glucosamine is a building block for connective tissue all over the body. Yes. Uh, the the uh, flax oil um, fatty acid will help reduce some of the uh, inflammation on a chronic basis. That's why Grant Roberts was giving it to help with swank. It reduces the inflammatory tendency. Okay. There are other things that can be used to deal with acute inflammation. Everyone should know about arnica. Yes. Homeopathic arnica, I know you have it in your store. Yes. It's For acute yeah. injury, you got to have that. And yes. It gets in there and reduces inflammatory tendency as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Then the major botanical there for acute inflammation is, um, well, there are actually two, but the, the first one I think about is curcumin. Yes. Which is the yellow pigment you find in turmeric that you know, comes from, uh, you find curry powder and so forth. comes from the, uh, the root that uh, comes from uh, the Indian culture, the culture of India. Right. Uh, and then you can use... Uh, 
um, enzymes between meals and at bedtime. I think about bromelain, but yes. use between meals and bedtime. You can even use pancreatic uh, enzymes in that regard. Yes. You have to take it between meals so the enzymes aren't occupying uh, digesting food. Mm-hmm. Uh, for chronic inflammation, we're finding also the purple blue flavonoids, what you find in grapeseed extract, pine bark extract, blueberries, blackberries, dark cherries go a long way in reducing chronic inflammation across yes. the board and rebuilding connective tissue. It's one of the things that people aren't aware of. Uh, you can help rebuild connective tissue by using a number of different botanicals. Uh-huh. Uh, the flavonoids you find in those dark purple-blue berries mm-hmm. that I mentioned before, and um, including even the elderberries and that kind of thing, can help to rebuild connective tissue uh, throughout the body. Wow. You also uh, can use the three major botanicals that, you, well, Europeans have used a couple of these, and we have uh, several here in the United States, and also this one from Asia. The first one to think about is go to cola. You're familiar with that one, Yes, right? absolutely. Centella Asiatica is the Latin name. Go mm-hmm. to cola. This is not cola nidida. It not, does not contain caffeine. That's right. It's a completely different plant. Uh, G-O-T-U, second word, K-O-L-A. Go mm-hmm. to cola. Uh, helps to rebuild connective tissue with the Chinese user to improve memory. Uh, horse chestnut is very popular in Europe mm-hmm. for varicose veins. It yes. rebuilds the connective tissue around varicose veins to help uh, strengthen the, the, those structures. Uh, horse chestnut, the uh, Latin name is Esculus hippocastanum. My, this is, well, it's too big to even remember, but horse chestnut, you'll know that. Yes. And the last one is butcher's broom. Okay. Uh, the three together or individually and so forth can be used to rebuild connective tissue. Uh, oh. If a person has a sports injury, that kind of thing. I've, I've treated patients with ski injuries and so forth to help rebuild that tissue. I see. Once certain damage has been done to the joint capsule or to the joint cartilage, and I'm thinking about the knees with the menisca and, and that kind of thing, it all depends on how easily the body can rebuild that tissue. And I, no one can make any promises or guarantees about that. It's worth a try. Yes. Try the glucosamine sulfate to rebuild that tissue and then use these anti-inflammatory things we've been talking about to reduce the inflammation and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be harmed by it. Definitely for osteoarthritis, for, for the wear and tear of joints, uh, from you know, a lot of use like with marathon runners and that kind of thing, uh, glucosamine is helpful, and these anti-inflammatory compounds, and of course the flaxseed oil and so forth, very, very helpful. I had a medical doctor tell me, if you have osteoarthritis, don't give up on glucosamine sulfate. If it takes six months, a year, 18 months, keep taking it. Yeah. We're talking about at least 1,500 milligrams a day of a high-quality product to rebuild that tissue. Uh-huh. And I've had the privilege of working with the, the European researcher who actually documented the fact that it will increase cartilage thickness uh, when you're using it as a supplement. Yes. Now, interesting that indeed a doctor, another person, a guest on my program, mentioned that for every year that you have suffered, you should give yourself a month of oh, actual yes. real rebuilding. So people That's have had That's an old naturopathic rule of thumb. For every go. year of abuse, it takes a month to, to recover and rebuild. And that is still pretty good. It's better than a year to a year. Uh, so a month uh, consistently helping yourself to rebuild. If you've done it for, if you've been injured for 30 years, you got to figure out almost uh, two and a half years that's going to take you to go back to where you want to be. But we're talking about a month of healthy living. Getting yeah, off the, the cigarettes, getting off the refined sugar, and all these other abuse, self-abusive uh, lifestyle habits. We're talking about a month of clean living for every year of abuse. Yes, yes. I mentioned that uh, while we're on break, I mentioned to you that statement from a guy who has a radio show in, uh, in Washington, D.C. talks about the same issues. Yes. And his statement is, no, God may forgive what you do to your body, but your body never will. 
Yes, interesting. Uh, people interesting. need to wake up and smell the coffee here. Yes. I mean, uh, the body can rebuild itself, but there are certain things that, that cannot be reversed. If you're a smoker and you're destroying your lung tissue and so forth, there are limits as to the extent to which that tissue can be, uh, be rebuilt. I mean, when you look at emphysema, tissue samples and that kind of thing, when you destroy all those alveoli and so forth in there, you can't rebuild that. You know, I was going to ask you about that. I don't know if you've heard about it, but the tobacco industry is really the second largest consumer of sugar in the world. Uh, next to the food industry is the tobacco industry. Are they lacing the tobacco leaves with sugar? Absolutely. Yeah. And I've wondered if uh, maybe the lung disorders that people have is the caramelizing of sugar in the lung tissue as they inhale the smoke, that there is sugar in there that goes into the lung tissue and because of the wet and uh, warm area that the sugar starts to caramelize and maybe settles over there and start forming this hardening of the lung tissue. That is a brilliant question. And you know why? We see it in diabetes. If you have too much sugar running around, you will cause that sugar to come in contact or to connect to proteins all over the body. This is a major problem with diabetes. We get what we call these kinds of um, glycosylation reactions. That is, glycosylation is merely adding sugar to, to a protein. Right. And when you do that, you change the structure of protein and you cause the immune system to to misrecognize what that protein is. I mean, the immune system relies on its memory of what self looks like, what self tissues look like. Mm -hmm. And if, if it comes in contact with a protein that's not self, it can do two things. It can either ignore that protein, and in the case, that case, you come down with cancer if it's a malignant kind of a tumor, right. or it can attack that protein. And if it's a really self-tissue that it's dealing with, you come down with autoimmune diseases where the immune system is inappropriately attacking healthy tissue. Yeah. A lot of this may, in fact, be triggered by adding too much or adding sugars where they don't belong. Sugars mm -hmm. are added to protein without enzymes uh, activating that process. So if this is happening in the lungs, can you imagine the consequences? Absolutely. I mean, I just, it just flashed on me. That's a brilliant insight, Jac uh, Jacobus. Well, thank you. Uh, this could contribute to lung cancer it's because you're generating these protein-sugar combinations that the immune system can't recognize or will misrecognize. The cancer develops as a result, and the immune system is oblivious to what's happening. Yeah. Or yeah. you're destroying the, um, the elasticity. Or, or adding the, uh, the, this, uh, this material to, um, to lung tissue and causing the immune system to start damaging because the white blood cells are sitting there. Yes. And you start the immune system to start damaging this tissue. Yeah. So if this is what's happening, this sugar phenomenon could be a major uh, conceptual breakthrough. That is a brilliant insight, Jacobus. Mm, I should patent it, huh? Patent that. <laughs> you should get a Nobel Prize. <laughs> that would be quite something. But these kinds of reactions we know about elsewhere in the body when it comes to uh, diabetes. Uh, Jeff yeah. Bland, the brilliant uh, nutritional biochemist, has talked about this. Yeah, I, I do want to do that because uh, that was one of the things when I when I read uh, years ago that indeed the, the tobacco industry is the second largest consumer of sugar. I thought, yeah. well, how does it work then? Because that's why people inhale it and they have this problem where the elasticity of the lung tissue is just gone. I mean, they, and, they can't breathe. They and can't that's run. one of the issue too. Sugar is one of the most addictive substances around. And that's why people have a hard time putting the cigarette down because the, the sugars are just uh, craving and that's why uh, and they get inflammatory problems on top of that. So it I is. I know. And, and look at what happens. Where a person, For example, a person addicted to alcohol, they go to AA meetings. What do you see there? People smoking cigarettes and uh, eating donuts laced with sugar yeah. and drinking coffee heavily laden with sugar. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one addiction is used to substitute for another. I mean, this is what happens everywhere. Yeah. 
Huh. So, what can I say? You know, and, and uh, I want to mention a couple other anti-inflammatories. Look into the MSM, the methylsulfonyl methane, which helps to rebuild a collagen in the body. We also have devil's claw. Devil's claw is a great anti-inflammatory that is very well used as an herb. And uh, we even look at white willow bark. Uh, white willow bark is another uh, uh, something that you could try. At, but it, with, with some of these... By taking a higher dosage, you will get quicker results, but give your body time to start working with these nutritional supplements. Uh, Don't expect overnight success. You might find some relief, but healing takes time. So as we come back, we're going to talk more with Dr. Herb Joyner-Bay. Please, folks, stay tuned. We'll talk to you soon. And we have a caller on the line. Caller, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Your name, how can we help you, please? Kathy, hi. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. Um, I have a question. Yeah. I, I have been going through like five years of extreme trauma. I'm wondering if I'm maybe being a little stubborn, if there isn't like new stuff that um, can help with trauma and post-traumatic stress syndrome. Uh-huh. Your question, I understand, is are there any natural solutions for or, post-traumatic stress or, disorder? Or does there come a time when maybe um, are there um, antidepressants on the market that aren't harmful? That maybe when, well, all when kinds you're of new, new things out here. I mean, someone has to sit down and figure out what's going on with you. I mean, you've got a lot of complex situations to deal with, and you're under a lot of stress and emotional trauma and so forth. There are, you know, there. Are, all kinds of new things are available. I mean, just in the last 10 years or so, they've released a whole new category of antidepressant well, drugs. Well, new an- the new anti-anxiety drugs and that kind of thing. But there are natural approaches that can help deal with these problems also. Right off the top of my head, I mean, as a, a classical homeopath, I mean, I, I, I tend to recommend that people sit down with a homeopath and then get a constitutional case-taking that will resolve your own individual unique constitutional situation. That being said, if there is... There is a wonderful uh, system. It's uh, called Emotional Freedom Techniques, and it's a free of charge available to people, to people on the Internet called emofree.com, E-M-O-F-R-E-E.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Craig is the guy who is behind that system. You can download a 79-page manual to describe the techniques used to alleviate a lot of, uh, of uh, stress in your life. In fact, he's actually going to VA hospitals to alleviate post-traumatic stress syndrome in Vietnam veterans who are suffering from it for 30 years. Wow. And after one or two treatments, it's gone. Really? But if you have ongoing stress... Ongoing trauma. Then that's a whole different ball game. And that's why, I mean, there is no quick fix natural solution for an ongoing stress that's not alleviated because you're constantly being abused. Right. right. The, The first thing you have to do in natural medicine is reduce to remove the obstacles to healing. Well, I've been trying to get myself out of the trauma in my daughter, but... Um, I, I mean, there are I ways can't. of getting through that. There are certain things called adaptogens. I'm sure these are quick-fix solutions, but they're not cures. Adaptogens like ashwagandha and rhodiola and yeah, uh, exactly. uh, some of the ginsengs. I know um, yeah. uh, Jacobus is familiar with these. They are available yes. to you to alleviate, to get, help you get through the stress, yes. but they're not a cure. Right. Well, you know, it's down to, you know, just get through it. They just get through it. But until you get that problem solved in your life, you're not going to have full relief and peace. Oh, well, that's what I've been saying for like two years. You know, as a soul, if we look at the body very differently and not just as a physical body, as a soul, we sometimes take on certain energies, tasks, 
problems that our physical body obviously is going to express. Mm-hmm. But they are the issue indeed is on a much deeper level and and if we were all the same if all no nobody would have inflammatory problems and nobody would have cancer nobody would have heart disease it would be uh, i don't want to say it would be a boring world but we all carry our own burden and uh, whatever that burden is and we have to figure out what it is and 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 like uh, what i understand from what dr bay says is that um, you know, we sometimes we do need to use the medical field to uh, of often to to get at least the diagnostics about what might be the underlying cause. You might be able to already put it into words, and that is that is the first step in the healing process. If you know where it comes from, then you start looking at some of the possibilities out there. And and you know, St. John's Wort has been around, and some people oh, like it, some people don't it. care for it too much. It, it all depends on the individual. Uh, but I think Does as a Excuse me? Does that work, you think, Jacob? Well, I, you know, I see people that it works for. I think for some people, St. John's Ward, has, it has been shown in clinical studies to have some effect on mild to moderate depression. But I don't know if you are dealing with depression or if you're dealing actually with stress. And I'm then I wouldn't like, worry about it. I just, I just, you know, if the situation, it's situational. You know, the, the, the medical and, doctor, and, and maybe I'm too stubborn. And well, maybe that I is should. maybe you're you know, you've mentioned it twice on that you're stubborn, maybe, and uh, you probably are. And and I think that Dr. Bay, uh, Dr. Bay and I were talking during the break and we were talking about the difference between herbs and prescription drugs on one side and nutrients like vitamins, minerals, uh, antioxidants, essential fatty acids on the other side. There is a big difference between do we are we lacking certain nutrients that might make us um, live through a certain situation a certain way or are we actually lacking prescription drugs or herbs herbs are medicine in nature you, they're not supposed to be taken forever you take them for a short time two three four months if necessary but you are starting to make a conscious decision to move into a new direction you you go like where i am today is not where i want to be and that is the first step then you say now what can i do to start changing the step you have to you can take some herbs or prescription drugs for a short period of time working with a physician if necessary that helps you as a coach to work through that short period of time but at the meantime you start saying i'm going to eliminate certain lifestyles i'm going to increase my nutrient intake in your case maybe you need to work more on some trace minerals you might have to look into some homeopathic remedies to to activate the system you might take some fish oils and essential fats to up that. your brain b, b complexes uh, we mentioned earlier uh, b2 uh, b, b12 is very good for the brain b complex in general and all of a sudden you start taking these while you are making changes i've been doing this for five years Taken B12, take it. Like, have you given up certain uh, dietary habits and lifestyle habits that you were maybe involved in? No, that you I just- work hard at uh, at uh, eating right and all. I, I, I smoke. That's a bad thing. I heard you about, but I smoke what I think doesn't have sugar in it. Right. But um, and and. But think about what you just said. I mean, though, that that the nicotine and that cigarette is going to be triggering and stimulating your your central nervous system. And for someone suffering from anxiety, it's the last thing you want to use. Well, you know, I just want it to end. You know, and I did. But he's it. giving you solutions, Kathy. He said. He well, said. I know, but it's hard to quit when you're. I know, when but you're if, under stress. If right. somebody, you, if you some, actually increase your 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 smoking. 
that that commonly happens. But I mean, I'm just looking at the the total picture here. I mean, you're asking for solutions. I mean, right. you you've got to get all these issues. I mean, whatever's going on in this your life that's causing all the stress and all the things you're doing to yourself that will cause the body not to be able to handle the stress as well as the otherwise. Well, part. you know, I, I smoked like five to eight cigarettes almost my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. When the situation got intense, I increased to over a pack a day. Oh, yeah, that's common. Yeah. That commonly happens. People start smoking more on the stress. But there are other people who tend not to smoke. I mean, I was told before I went to Vietnam I'd be start smoking. I never start smoking. Or I would... It was just not my nature to do that kind of thing. You ha- probably have a constitution that's being uh, being driven to move in that direction, but you've got to get that under control. You know, and, and Kathy and, and Dr. Bay, too, when Dr. Bay was talking earlier about Hillary Swank, and she had her own personal coach who put her on the specific diet to get her, get her ready for the movie Million Dollar Baby, you know, in an ideal world, we would all have a coach next to us who will say, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get up this time. We're going to eat this for breakfast. We're going to do these nutrients. We're going to do the exercises. All of a sudden, we see big changes in in anybody who has a personal coach. It's hard for us to get personal coaches. Well, I did guzzle some woman's oil listening to you talk about that. <laughs> well, that is good. That is but, really good. you know, I, I think sometimes you just got to end the situation. Kathy, we got to move on because I have several people waiting that want to call in, and uh, we have a, a full agenda. But um, I would say there are solutions out there. You're doing a lot of good things. There are a few things that you might have to go within and say, I have to give certain things up in order to start seeing the acceleration of your healing process. And I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Thanks. Dr. Bay, obviously, we are dealing with s- things such as stress, the brain, the brain-blood barrier. How does it work as far as flax oil and the essential fats in flax oil being able to help the brain deal with certain issues? It's been known for a long time that the, uh, whatever's on the brain cell membranes, uh, the neuronal membranes and so forth, is helpful or, or harmful relative to how those, mem- those uh, nerve cells communicate with each other. That's why uh, essential fatty acid nutrition is so important when it comes to things like depression. Uh, the research is just piling up uh, more and more that the omega-3 fatty acid sources, flax oil and fish oil, are very uh, beneficial in many different cases, uh, many kinds of cases of, uh, of depression. And that's one of the reasons we're seeing so much depression is people are not eating the kind of fatty acid they used to eat because we're getting so much omega-6 and so little omega-3. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm, I've had the privilege of meeting Dr. Alex Richardson from Oxford, who is the uh, uh, England's grace uh, proponent of using omega-3 fatty acids to deal with depression, bipolar disorder, attention deficit disorder, and that kind of thing. I mean, the brain loves omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, DHA, uh, which you find in, in fish oil, is used as a building block to make the tissue. And then the EPA is the, the main function one that will help to alleviate the depression. That, has, that brings yes. up the issue... That brings to the issue that we were intending to talk about, the conversion of alpha-linolenic and flaxseed oil into EPA yes. and DHA. Yes. Among women of reproductive years, women uh, uh, before menopause, uh, we are finding that uh, 21% of the alpha-linolenic acid they uh, consume actually gets converted into EPA and 9% gets converted into DHA. Yes. And in the amounts that people are uh, uh, taking, one or two tablespoons a day, that takes them well into the health maintenance range for both of those. And that's, uh, you can see why, because the, the estrogens that women produce uh, during reproductive years help those enzymes work. 
And you can obviously nature intended that to be that way because women are carrying babies, and you want to nourish the baby with EPA and DHA, no matter what the omega-3 fatty acid source is. Yeah. So women get the uh, the extra boost. Almost everyone will convert uh, alpha-linolenic acid into EPA, which gives you all this protection against inflammation and many other kinds of situations. Yes. Almost every study that's ever been done, you find a dramatic two- and three-fold increase in blood levels of EPA by using alpha-linolenic acid or flax oil as a dietary supplement. So this stuff about or concern about conversion is bogus. And I think it's been put out by the fish oil manufacturers just to you know, increase the sales of fish oil. But... There is a, a an honored and valued place for both flax oil and fish oil in the market. Yes. And we, we this negative campaign with that's based on the false information that in fact should stop. Well, that's a good uh, point. They should cease and assist that kind of thing. Good point. Caller, good morning to you. Thanks for calling. Your name, how can we help you? Jacobus, this is Bob, your number two fan. <laughs> thank you, Bob. There's been a long time I haven't heard your voice. <laughs> oh, I listen to your show every Sunday. Well, thank you so much for doing that. Why aren't you the number one fan? His wife. No, of course. <laughs> okay. yes. She listens to his show, too. Yes, I know okay. she does. <laughs> I know she does, too. Uh, my first question was, I'm taking Omega Man. I use it every day myself. I love Omega Man. But I only take three capsules, and the recommended dosage is nine. So Yes, and see, I'm so glad you brought this question. People don't realize how many capsules it takes to, to uh, equal a tablespoon. It takes 14 1,000-milligram capsules to equal one tablespoon of an oil, like wow. flax oil. I thought it was 14 nine. of them. Jeez. People don't realize that's why the liquid is much more economical and much easier to take. That's why I've got the book with the recipes in it. So I put my Omega Man on my oatmeal or, or uh, other kind of cereal in the morning. I use two tablespoons of that stuff. I love it huh. because it's got not only the flax oil that has the high-quality Austrian pumpkin seed oil. Even women love it. Even though it was designed for men, women love the flavor of it. It's really quite delicious. So I would make a, recommend switching, switching to the liquid and, and not using the capsule so much. Okay. But... Is there benefits for taking three? I mean, I suggest everybody Every bit can take a little bit. Every <laughs> little bit helps, but you, we're, we're playing a numbers game relative to everything else in your diet. And if you're trying to, to displace the omega-6s with high-quality omega-3s, you have to play the game to win. I want to stack the, the deck, uh, the card deck in your favor. Right. Am I making sense? Yes. So you have to get enough of it in there to make a difference. Okay, well, then that's, my, that's right, yes. My other question you kind of answered, you know, is about a lot of people aren't supposed to be able to take the flaxseed, you know, and have it work for them. But and that's, and the vast majority of people, it will work for them. As we get older, I mean, as we get to be senior citizens and so forth, the enzymes aren't working as well as they, they used to. So you might want to add, in addition to having flax, we'll add some fish oil to get some extra EPA and DHA. But for the vast majority of the people, it, uh, the flax oil works quite well. I mean, I've, I've been using flax oil for years, and I absolutely love the stuff. But if uh, your d digestive system is not working as well, then it's probably not working as well for them? That's an excellent question because there are some people who have malabsorption phenomena. They can't absorb um, um, uh, certain kinds of nutrients. If they have had their gallbladder removed and can't emulsify the fats as well, then there are going to be some difficulties there. Uh, so, uh, and they have, to, they have to take fat supplements like uh, uh, flax oil or fish oil in small doses throughout the day to maximize the absorption. 
um, uh, for people suffering from inflammatory bowel disease, they may uh, have to use some additional fish oil just to get some anti-inflammatory phenomena in there in the preformed EPA uh, uh, compound to, to, uh, to reduce the production of pro-inflammatory leukotrienes coming from white blood cells. So you have to play the game according to the individual person's needs. Good point. Am I making sense to you? Yes. Well, what, if you don't eat meat, is eat, drinking fish oil cheating? <laughs> <laughs> drinking fish oil. Uh, yeah, by all means, if you want to use the fish oil, make sure you're getting enough EPA and DHA. Uh, the basic health maintenance dose is 1,000 milligrams a day of combination of EPA DHA. Okay. Uh, Barlene says an excellent, it's a brand new product came out there, Fresh Catch Fish Oil uh, line. And I know that this show is being sponsored by Newark Naturals, another excellent uh, company. Mm-hmm. So you have two great uh, fish oil, in fact, yeah, well, several, but the two best on the market right now are the Barlings Fresh Catch and the Nordic Naturals, and Jacobus will guide you whichever way he wants to go. All right. And my last question, what's your recommendation for quitting smoking? Oh, God. Maybe, maybe um, what we should do, Bob, that's a great question. Let's do that as we come back because we have to hit a break here. All right. All right? Thanks for that call. Appreciate it. Yeah. And thanks for listening, Bob. We'll be right back. Man, is he sharp today. He must have been taking that, uh, the flax oil yeah. this morning. Yeah. <laughs> is that right, Dr. Bay? You've been taking your flax oil this morning? Uh, I haven't had a chance to take the flax oil, no. Well, you must early. be riding high then on your, on your reserve power. It has lasting results, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flax oil has staying power. <laughs> there, you, there you go, there you go. That's really good. We, uh, you know, looking at uh, some of the topics we, uh, we discussed, what we would like to talk about today, uh, each one of these topics, Topics uh, would probably be about an hour and a half, two hours program, uh, talking about cardiovascular health and cancer, diabetes and obesity, liver protection. Which one of these would you like to tackle in the next 20 minutes, Dr. Bay? Let's hit the, the two biggies, the one that uh, <clears throat> killed the most people. Excuse me. We talk about heart disease and cancer. Um, when it comes to heart disease, we know for a fact from the research that's done, the, the, um, the more alpha-linolenic acid, that's the fatty acid found in flaxseed oil, you have in the fat tissue in the body, the lower your risk for fatal heart attack. Yes. That was done at the Harvard University um, uh, public health study of, uh, what, 76,000 nurses, and they found that the women who had the, actually, was the more, they're also male nurses, people who had the highest level of omega-3 fatty acids, in particular alpha-linolenic acids, as you find flaxseed oil had lower risk for heart, fatal heart attack during those uh, studies. Uh, we're finding that um, uh, the more alpha-linolenic acid you have in your diet, the less atherosclerosis you come down with. So you uh-huh. have less damage done to the arteries. Um, flaxseed, ground flaxseed itself also reduces the risk for atherosclerosis. Uh, the lignans can be very protective. The lignans can also help um, uh, reduce the bad cholesterol or the undesirable cholesterol and increase the uh, desirable cholesterol. So uh, it goes a long way in helping that. I mentioned blood clotting tendency before. The, uh, when you're using um, uh, flaxseed oil and also in fish oil, uh, you reduce clotting tendency and therefore the risk for heart attack and stroke goes down. Mm. Something else people don't think about is that one of the, another cause for sudden death other than heart attack and stroke is cardiac arrhythmias heart palpitations and so forth. You know, you bring that up, and I, it's sad to say that my, my cousin just died this weekend. Of I'm this, sorry to hear Not that. this weekend, yes, thank you. How old? 56. 
and he had actually cardiac arrhythmia. He came home one day from work. It is a uh, it is an issue that he caught the gene. Uh, his father died when he was only 29. But I mean, when his father was 29. Amazing. Yes, and uh, so he is the only child, and his mother is still alive. She's 85, my aunt, and uh, he actually died of cardiac arrhythmia. And they thought that he, if any, how he would die, they they had the high cholesterol, but that is proven to not be a cause of heart disease per se. But he had a cardiac arrhythmia two and a half weeks ago and came home from work and felt bad, called the neighbor to come in and because they always lock the door and she has the key and his wife was uh, was still at work. And uh, as the uh, emergency people arrived at his house, he was already unconscious. They took him to the hospital. He's been unconscious for two and a half weeks and he finally passed away, I think, on Tuesday morning. I'm sorry to hear yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. So That's it is definitely a problem, yes. It's a major issue and we think about it since... You know, in order to get the heart to contract or even get nerve fibers to operate or muscles to contract, um, we have things called action potentials, which are the electrical impulses that move things around the body. They have to move along the membranes, the cell membranes. And if you think if you have the wrong fat signal on the membranes, it might interfere with the movement of those action potentials. Hmm. It's like if you have the wrong kind of material in the wiring in the building where you're sitting and so forth, you might have a, a short circuit, you might cause a fire, and you definitely won't get the electricity, the, the electrolytes and the radio equipment you're using right now. Yeah. Well, the same thing happens in the body. You have to put the right materials on those membranes. Yes. And they've actually done the studies in elderly women who are well over the age of 70. When you add the essential fatty, the omega-3 fatty acids, the sudden death rate from, uh, from cardiac arrhythmias drops tremendously. So we can prevent cardiac arrhythmias by uh, adding high-quality flaxseed oil huh. and also fish oil to the diet. Yes. You see, and uh, on reducing the omega-6s, that would interfere with that process. Yeah. So uh, we need to know about these things. I think your listeners know that the conventional medicine is recognizing the fact that chronic inflammation contributes to cardiovascular disease. Are absolutely, they aware of that? Absolutely. It's been discussed several times. And, uh, and all we've been talking about uh, during this program, uh, the omega-3 fatty acids can help reduce chronic inflammation, and therefore they are protective against cardiovascular disease. Yes. And uh, that's why flax oil is very beneficial. We mentioned blood pressure before. You relax a smooth muscle in the arterial tree by putting the right local hormones in place, and they are made from the omega-3 fatty acids, therefore blood pressure comes down. Yeah. Now, and then you mentioned magnesium also contributes to that, potassium contributes to that, yes. and optimal hydration of pure water contributes to that. Excellent point. So, so many things. This is so beneficial now, the Food and Drug Administration is now allowing manufacturers to put on their labels uh, the protective effects of omega-3 fatty acids found in their products. So, so for the first time, the FDA is officially recognizing the benefits of omega-3 fatty acids and cardiovascular uh, uh, protection. And I agree with you that it is wonderful that we finally see these things on the labels, that these things are being recognized. However, many of these products have very limited amounts of omega-3s. And as you mentioned earlier, you sometimes have to take two or three tablespoons of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the 40 flax by Barleen's, uh, the ground flax, or you have to take uh, the, the oil in two or three tablespoons a day to really start making a difference. And you, you don't have to do it for the rest of your life, but it might be that for one month, maybe two months, you're going to have to take larger dosages to start the motion in the body, to start the changes in your body until you hit cruise control, and then you just keep taking it in regular amounts uh, for the rest of your life, probably. And see, that's why we need people like you in the stores to actually advise people as to how they take these things so that you can, you can interpret what's on the labels for them. Mm, awesome. Okay. Caller, thanks for joining us. Your name, how can we help you? Uh, this is Vernon. 
Vernon, yes, good morning. And good morning. Um, I want to change to diabetes type 2. Excellent. And, and uh, doctor, um, if I were only doing two or three things, um, I, uh, what would I do? Um, the, the symptoms that I'm being uh, irritated by right now is the loss of my muscle mass and the loss of my strength and the neuropathy uh, uh, nerve damage. So I'll, I'll listen uh, off the air. Oh, you can stay right here. Uh, okay. I want to talk to you about this. The loss okay. of muscle. See, what happens is when people come down with diabetes, um, uh, what's going on is that the insulin and in type 2 diabetes, are you making enough insulin or, or is the fact the insulin just isn't working? Are you uh, taking insulin at all? No, I'm not. What's going on here is the insulin you're making from the pancreas is not having any effect on the tissue. And we're talking right. about mainly the insulin receptors on muscle cells right. and the insulin receptors on um, the fat cells in the body. Those are two main ones that insulin affects. Something, and bodybuilders know this, insulin not only brings sugar from the bloodstream into the cells, it also brings in amino acids. And the reason diabetics lose muscle mass is that if the insulin can't bring the amino acids into the muscle cells, the muscle cells don't have the building blocks to make muscle tissue. And that's why you're losing muscle mass. Uh, this happens with diabetics a lot. Uh, one thing I want to mention to you right away, um, uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Dr. Richard Anderson, has uh, put on his website back in 2000, the fact that cinnamon is a one, probably one of the main botanicals that increase the sensitivity of insulin receptors, mainly in the fat cells. I see. Great. Cinnamon. We're talking about like a quarter of a teaspoon three times a day. Huh. The stuff that I get at the co-op or the store? Yeah, cinnamon. Just regular right. cinnamon. So you don't have to take it in capsule form. You can take it actually just a powder by itself. Yeah, you can make cinnamon tea. Um, uh, Celestial Season makes a wonderful bangle spice uh, tea. In tea I bag. use that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, uh, I use that myself. I don't have diabetes, but I love that. So there are ways of getting, but like a quarter of a teaspoon three times a day. It's now known. In fact, a lot of supplement companies are putting cinnamon into their uh, diabetes supplements because all that information has come out in the last five to six years. Huh. So, so it accelerates the, uh, it, it, it's, it, it increases the sensitivity of the receptor sites? Of the receptors on the fat tissue mainly. It may not huh. give him the benefits looking for in the muscle tissue. Uh, as you well know, Jacobus, uh, chromium and, uh, and niacin in small quantities, that glucose tolerance factor, chromium, can help stimulate those insulin receptors to become more responsive. Wow. You probably have diabetes combination supplements in the store, do you not? Oh, absolutely. So they will contain chromium, and they'll contain niacin. There may be some gymnemo sylvestri and bitter melon and other things that are known for that. Vanadium, But vanadium. those things can uh -huh. help, get this, help them get this under control. And by uh -huh. all means, stay away from refined sugar and refined starch. You must stay away from those things. Okay. Because they, will, they are poison to you. They will increase the blood sugar tremendously. And on top of that, the omega-3 fatty acid we're talking about. Um, uh, flaxseed oil uh, used in, in recipes and uh, fish oil to give those insulin receptors the kind of support on the, at the membrane level to make them more responsive. Hmm. You know, that's, that's really and by uh, yeah. all means, exercise. Huh. Okay. I, I was giving a, a book presentation at Barnes & Noble in Medford, Oregon last year, and this endocrinologist was sitting there. I knew he was an intelligent man asking all these questions. Well, come to find out he was a board-certified endocrinologist, and we had a lengthy discussion about this kind of thing. You must exercise to get this stuff under control. For the peripheral neuropathy, think about we want to increase blood flow to the periphery. That's why I'm thinking about things like grapeseed extract and also ginkgo biloba. Mm -hmm. 
to mm-hmm. get that blood circulating and get the, the, the uh, blood out there to the periphery to make sure you don't lose um, uh, nutritional support for tissue so you don't end up losing your limbs from amputations. Yes. And by all means, you should um, uh, use those things like bilberry to maintain blood flow to the eye so you don't get diabetic uh, retinopathy. You know, and that's really interesting that you mentioned earlier about the proteins, the amino acids, because many people think about proteins, oh, I'm going to build muscle, but proteins are really enzymes. They have such an important function in carrying nutrients into the cell tissue that uh, that's one main reason why we need these proteins. Yes, and you can't, you can't get the amino acids that are building blocks for protein into muscle cells unless the insulin receptors on those cells are operative and responsive to insulin. The insulin must be there and the receptors must respond, and that's why he's losing muscle mass. Right, and, and, and folks, and, and then for energy and to burn, uh, it is important to look into the carnitines, L-carnitine, acetylcarnitine, because yes. they're actually able to take nutrients, especially fats, proteins, and carbohydrates. Uh, the, the carnitine is able to take the long-chain fatty acids into the me- through the membrane of the, the mitochondria. mitochondria, because right. no other nutrient can do that you yeah, need carnitine, carnitine must be there absolutely right absolutely it is they carry it across the mitochondrial membrane so all that's necessary so they get those insulin receptors up and running the essential fatty acid we've been talking about hmm. chromium uh moderate amounts of niacin don't go over the board with niacin because it can uh, interfere with insulin uh, response but a certain amount needed to get the insulin receptors going and the other things we talked about you got to support Exercise. the peripheral blood flow with those flavonoid compounds with ginkgo biloba and uh, that can help give you some protection. And you should be managed by a holistic uh, practitioner like a naturopath. And there are naturopaths there in, in, in Montana. Yes. Or a holistic medical doctor who can carry you through this process. Yes. Are, are protein supplements of any value? Like whey? Um, in your situation, yeah, they might be helpful, but that mainly that's, that's done for digestive purposes. If you're digesting a protein, it's just a question of getting it into the uh, cells. It may not give you that much of a boost. Okay. But try it and see if it'll work. High-quality whey protein, I know Jacobus has that in the store, and there are even some uh, bodybuilders use these preformed amino acids. See if that will work for you. But I think it's mainly a problem of what's happening at the insulin receptor level and not what's happening in the exactly. GI tract. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, thank thanks you. for the call, Vernon. Appreciate wow. it. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, These Chuck- calls keep me on my toes. Yeah, that's right. Well, Chucky has a question for you, too, Dr. Bay. Doctor, um, I'm sure you have uh, heard about the controversy in baseball and steroids. Oh, wow. And um, specifically, Barry Bonds. Oh, and yeah. one of the things he was using was insulin. Now, why would he use insulin to help build up his body? Uh, exactly the reason I mentioned the gentleman who called in before, because insulin is necessary to get amino acids into muscle cells. And bodybuilders know this. Why bodybuilders jump on chromium, don't they, Jacobus? Yes. They know that because the chromium supports the insulin receptors, and when the insulin hits the insulin receptors, it opens up the um, membranes, allow the amino acids to come in as well as the, uh, the blood glucose, the blood sugar. Hmm. So bodybuilders have known this for a long time. And, uh, no, we need to, you know, I, I don't know if Barry Bonds was using chromium or something. That, that was probably the more intelligent way to go. because He was using if, the clear. He said it was flaxseed oil. <laughs> oh, I know he's using flaxseed oil. But if he's playing well, he may, to play around with insulin with, a, with an, an endocrine hormone just to build up muscle mass, I think is, a, is this an irresponsible way to go. It's dangerous, too, isn't it? Very dangerous. In, in the the other run? way he could have gone is using, like, liver supplements. Uh, most bodybuilders don't really recognize that. 
uh, like growth hormone is important to maintain muscle mass, but in order for growth hormone to work, there's a substance called somatomedin from the liver. So bodybuilders uh, who are wise use liver supplements to get the somatomedin to work with growth hormone to build muscle mass. Huh. There are natural ways of working around this, but you have to know how the body works. And to, to give insulin to someone who's not diabetic, to me, is irresponsible. Hmm. What would the long-term effects of that be? Usually, I don't know if it works for the pancreas, but usually when you're giving outside, st- like steroids, in his case, he's going to suppress the production of the hormones coming from the pituitary gland that will maintain the integrity of uh, or and the functioning of the gonads. That's why the, the old joke is if you're using steroids in bodybuilding and so forth, your testicles shrink. That's right. Because the stimulating effect from the... Um, gonadotropic hormones coming from pituitary is reduced because you give feedback to the endocrine system I have lots of steroid around stop making it from the glands so the glands shut down uh, well, and the, the glands shrink but I don't think that the pitch of his voice has changed yet so it might because happen because it won't <laughs> once you get the secondary sex characteristics coming in after puberty they're irreversible yes so the hair will remain, uh, or the body hair remains, the voice does not change. I mean, yeah. that's an old joke. That's just, of that, course, that it was no a joke. Fact. The voice does <laughs> not change. Once it's changed, it's changed forever. Yes. <laughs> well, that's, that's a joke that's been going around. But that's, that's, those are the adver- and that's why bodybuilders and, and these young athletes need to look at this in horror. He, mu- he should not have done that. Yeah. And yeah. It, just, it just puts a stain on professional athletics think that is the key with what I'm trying to do in this program, Dr. Bay, that people just say, you know, it's I understand it. And once you understand it, you can make it part of your regular routine and then it, it, it becomes part of life. And, Absolutely and, right. and, and once it is part of life, you don't even think about it. It's just a normal habit. This is such an important thing because human beings are creatures of habit. So you build good habits into your lifestyle. And the only way to really break a bad habit is to replace it with a good one. Yes. And that's what we're really trying to do here. We're trying to teach people to, to create good habits that will displace the bad ones. Right. And, and, and once it becomes a habit, you don't think about it. Yeah. And, and the problem that we're having in this country, and there is sometimes a kind of an arrogance. Uh, you know, America is a very powerful country, uh, the most powerful country in the world. I still think it is the best country to live in. And I come from another, <laughs> I come from another part of the world here. Uh, but what we do have, when it comes down to health, we have... The obesity rates are very high. The health care modality that we're working with today is the most expensive in the world. But at the same time, we are ranked like number 28 or so uh, in the world in civilized nations as far as the health of the people is concerned. So obviously, it is not a question of Western medicine failing or naturopathic medicine failing. The problem is that we have created habits in our own worlds that that are starting to destroy us from the inside out and that is the, that is a big problem uh you know we we have to humble ourselves a little bit more get away from some of the lifestyles that we are participating in and focusing more on a day-to-day little changes that in a year from now show us the great results and the, the improvements in our health quality that's absolutely true i mean no one has more influence on the health of an individual person than that person him or herself yeah right. I mean, what you put in your mouth every day and what you put in your mind every day and how you you behave in your body every day and so forth those are the ultimate determinants of health and wellness in your life yeah it is a uh, it's definitely a something that we need to keep in mind the um 
couple things. Uh, well, we talked, that was good actually that we got the call on diabetes. Obviously, obesity is one of the issues that deals with diabetes. And uh, I want to mention cancer too, if you have a chance. Yes, please. You have a minute. Uh, yes, I, I mentioned <laughs> that's, the, that's the enough time. I'm minute on cancer. Thanks a lot, Nicole. Yes, I mentioned the ground, the flaxseed lignans uh, preventing, uh, helping to prevent the adverse uh, cancerous effects of estrogens and so forth. Applies to breast cancer, applies to um, uterine cancers, uh, prostate enlargement, and prostate cancer. So ground flaxseed, we talk about two heaping tablespoons of uh, ground flaxseed, as in uh, barley's for the flax. Uh, uh, every day can uh, help in a lot of situations. For women who are using tamoxifen and some of these other drugs to prevent breast cancer, the two work beautifully together. They actually reinforce each other. Yes. So flax ligands and tamoxifen reinforce each other to give you even an increased protection against breast cancer. Right, and you mentioned earlier the Barleen company Brevail, the product Brevail, which is very good for breast health, because bre- breast health because it has high lignans, but at the same time, if you do have breast tenderness, when you take the Brevail, go back to the ground flaxseed, take the Fortiflax by Barleen's and start using that and see if you find the improvements and then maybe slowly bring it back on. Dr. Bay, I thank you so much for your input. I wish you all the best with your research and your lecture circuit and hope to talk to you again. Thank you. The pleasure was mine, Jacobus.